Hi, this is Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. I'm at RSA speaking with Joseph Blankenship, or JB. He's Director of Marketing at Solutionary. JB, tell me a little bit, please, about Solutionary. Solutionary is a part of NTT, NTT Group. So we're one of the NTT Group security companies. We are a managed security services provider. Uh, we provide managed security services like log monitoring, log management, security device management, vulnerability management, etc., as well as consulting services, assessment services, security architecture and design services, uh, critical incident response, and uh, threat intelligence. So we've got a threat intelligence group called the Security Engineering Research Team, or CERT, and the CERT group provides functions like uh, forensics. Uh, they also uh, provide our brand new targeted threat intelligence service. Tell me about this new threat intelligence service, please. Certainly. Well, threat intelligence is you know, a huge buzzword right now in the information security industry. You can't really walk by a single booth here at RSA without seeing threat intelligence posted up. Most of the time what we found out, though, is clients don't really know what they mean but when they say, we want some threat intelligence. So you know, we've kind of taken the approach of, what, when you say that, what do you mean? Well, we want to feed. We want some information. We want to know what's going on. And we're like, well, you could do that, right? There's plenty of feeds you can go out and subscribe to, and it will give you a deluge of information that what are you going to do with this? You know, do you have time to go through that and sift through it and understand what's important? So we, we take the approach of with targeted threat intelligence, we're going to do that for the client. So it comes in two packages, a basic package, which is basically a little bit more of a lean back model for us where you know, we set the client up and then we provide them with threat intelligence information that is tailored for the client. We also have a managed uh, version of that where it's a lot more hands-on, where we actually take a uh, threat analyst and we, make, and we dedicate that threat analyst to a particular client. And that threat analyst works on packaging threat intelligence that is for that client. It is available as a resource for the client to call. You know, if I've got questions, something's happening, I've read about something, I want to know if that's applicable to me. Uh, we also look at you know, people in the adjacent space, so like the banking industry. We, if we have a banking client that we're doing targeted threat intelligence for, we may be looking at, we're looking at, you know, Bank A over here, and they just suffered this type of breach, and this is the type of malware or the type of ve- attack vector that was used. You may need to prepare you know, for the same thing. You're using the same systems according to your profile. So if you've got those systems, here's some recommendations for avoiding the similar threat. We also do things like executive monitoring. So we get, we, so like you've got exec- executives, CEO traveling abroad, especially if you're in, a, in an industry like banking that has been targeted by hacktivists. You know, you might want to make sure there are no threats to that executive that exists either in social media, you know. Uh, the dark corners of the internet and what have you. Uh, it, it can also kind of transfer into the from, from the cyber realm into the physical realm. You know, uh, protests. You know, giving giving advance notice of a, of a protest, advance notice of something like a DDoS attack. So, kind of the approach is you want to give advance notice to the client. So, not only can they be prepared for the threat, but perhaps avoid the threat altogether. So, where are you getting your threat intelligence from? Well, as a managed security services provider. That's sort of in our DNA anyway, right? We work with all the different vendors. We work with the, you know, all the major uh, security vendors, from IPSs to firewalls to uh, endpoints, et cetera. So we're, we're kind of accustomed to being in that space, we're going to be the aggregator of all that information and help our clients you know, work through that process. 
So even with our targeted threat intelligence service, that's also what we're doing. Not only are we doing like proactive research, kind of looking out on the internet, but we're taking those feeds in ourselves. But we have, we're working with uh, with different partners. Like we announced a partnership with Recorded Future several months ago. So Recorded Future is one of those feeds. Uh, other feeds would be you know some of the things like the uh, the ISACs that we belong to and the different organizations we belong to, Cloud Security Alliance. So you're already doing that. And there's nothing holding you back from doing more. Absolutely, yes. And we, you know, because the, the more we can take in, the broader our view. So we're using, you know, we're looking at you know tens of thousands of sources all around the globe. So in terms of your basic and your managed packages, what are the ideal use cases for those? The managed use case. Typically, that's going to be the client that's really more worried about the advanced type of threat. You know, it's usually a client that you know, has a fairly you know, robust, mature security program. Um, and what they're looking for is, we need more information, we need more visibility, and you know, we don't have enough staff to take care of that and do it ourselves. Plus, they would have to go subscribe to the same feeds we subscribe to, you know, and then multiply that, and then you know, figure out. How do we aggregate all that, sift through it, and make it consumable, right? So, to me, that's the uh, that's the ideal client there. The, the basic service is probably a client that does not so mature, perhaps does not have as much um, security budget. They don't really need a dedicated resource, but what they do need is a threat feed or threat information rather that is t- more tailored for them. Instead of just subscribing to some service and I've got to go throw bodies at it. Instead, I, w- I do want that information, but I don't necessarily need, you know, an extension of my team. Maybe I've got enough, you know, bandwidth that I can consume some of that myself without needing, you know, a lot of handholding and a lot of extra attention. One of the potentials of threat intelligence is being able to react to threats in an automated manner. The data comes in and systems do what they need to do to lock down the enterprise. To what extent is that available today, or are we still working toward that scenario? To me, that's a, that's a, it's a tricky situation. If you even look at something like an IPS, a lot of clients don't run their IPS in blocking mode. Still, right? The only time they turn the signatures on, the blocking signatures on, is if they are actually getting impacted by something. They'll turn that specific signature on, you know, to block that specific threat, because there is a that uh, worry that wow, I'm going to miss some legitimate traffic, or I'm going to slow my traffic so bad that you know my users will start feeling that. So I think there's there's always going to at least in the short term, there's going to be that same fear. We really want artificial intelligence making those blocking decisions for us. I think we're probably, this is just my personal opinion, but I think we're probably some years away from people being able to trust that. Do I think we're moving toward that? Absolutely. Now, if I look at some of the work that uh, our NTT Innovation Center, or I3, is working on, they're actually working on that type of machine intelligence. They're, taking, they're looking at threat data from all over the planet, and try and sorting through that, I do see it at a point in time where you know, it would be more artificial intelligence, machine intelligence, machine learning, you know, helping us make better security decisions in an automated fashion. But if you've got indicators of compromise, for example, with the Anthem and the WellPoint breaches, there were some IP addresses out there that you, if you were in the healthcare space, knew that you should be blocking. How hard is it, or how easy is it today, to act on that kind of information when you've got known bad, for example, IP addresses? It's still, it's still a lot of effort today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, to creating a firewall rule to not accept any connections to that IP or you know, having a, a web gateway appliance and, and putting, putting that in. You know, in our case, at Solutionary. We have a platform called ActiveGuard, and we're taking those feeds. We're you know, good, bad IP reputation feeds, uh, known bad um, 
IP you know, feeds. So let's just say for an, for an example, if we've got a client that we're doing monitoring work for, and we see a, we, we see a connection to a, to a known bad IP, I mean, that will you know, flag in the logs. You know, they've gone to this known bad IP. After that, if we start seeing malicious traffic, that's going to leave a pattern in the logs. So when we go back and do a forensic investigation, right, we'll see where the malware came from, right? It came from the known bad IP. But because we, we see that outbound connection, and then we see the malicious traffic, we can correlate those things together and give the client an alert. Hey, you connected to an IP, this bad IP, and then all of a sudden we started seeing network traffic going back and forth to you know either the same IP or another destination. Then we can flag it, yeah. Thanks very much, JB. For Information Security Media Group, this is Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for joining us.